0: It's easy for the words to just be words. And we come away from the message and come away from our time of worship and we feel refreshed. Uh, we feel encouraged. We're, we're glad we've been here. We're glad we're glad we've been together. and we feel ready for lunch. <laughs> and that's about it. And uh, to miss the signs that are that are there. Uh, have you seen those signs? Well, You've probably seen some of them, but, but what did we choose to do? Did we choose to act? Did we choose to reach out? Did we choose to love? Or did we just choose to ignore? You know, obviously, there's, there's no way of knowing the, the pain that's in some people's hearts, the, the needs that, they, that everyone has. And it can be pretty overwhelming when we're faced with the question of, well, what can I do about that? What can I do to to take care of that problem? How can I help? But I think what Paul has has directed our attention to as we have come down to the last few pages of of his letter to the Colossians is really to be the focus for us. It was there, we looked at it last week, Colossians 3, 17, and whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of of the Lord Jesus. You know, when that becomes our priority, that changes how we view the world. changes how we view the problems around us. It it changes how we view each other. That's the lens that we have to view the next section of Scripture through. That's how we have to see it. We have to view it through that lens because if we don't, we won't see what Paul's telling us here. We We will see ourselves instead. And we will see ourselves as ingrown, as hurt, as being put upon, but when the focus becomes, verse 17, whatever you do in word or deed, do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus, suddenly that view changes everything and we're able to see the responsibilities we have to each other. We're looking at Colossians chapter 3, verses 18, on into chapter 4, verse 1, In those Bibles we've got for you there in the pews, it's page 984 and 985. Paul writes this, Wives, submit to your husbands as is fitting in the Lord. Husbands, love your wives. Do not be harsh with them. Children, obey your parents in everything, for this pleases the Lord. Fathers, do not provoke your children, lest they become discouraged. Bond servants, obey in everything those who are your earthly masters, not by way of eye service as people pleasers, but with sincerity of hearts, fearing the Lord. Whatever you do, work heartily as for the Lord, not for men, knowing that from the Lord you will receive an inheritance as your reward. You are serving the Lord Christ, for the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done, and there is no partiality. Masters, treat your bondservants justly and fairly, knowing that you also have a master in heaven. There's quite a few passages like that in the Bible, and we kind of bristle when we get to them. We see those words, submit, obey. It just kind of rubs us the wrong way. And the problem is, we focus on ourselves. We focus on our own wants, our own needs, our own rights. We tend to focus on that rather than our responsibilities for to each other and what what is our responsibility to each other that whatever we do in word or deed do everything in the name of the Lord Jesus so what does that look at look like when it's lived out in our closest relationships well one thing that you discover from this passage when that's lived out in our closest relationships we see that our relationship with Jesus needs to be reflected in our relationships with each other now let me say this again this passage is about our responsibilities to each other it is not about our rights the thing about rights is rights are one-sided I mean how many times have you heard someone say I know my rights you know see that all the time I know my rights I've never once heard anyone yell I know your rights." We don't care. I don't care about your rights. I I care about my rights. It's it's always about me. But responsibilities, on the other hand, those are reciprocal. I have responsibilities to you. You have responsibilities to me. We take care of each other. And when we do that, the focus isn't on you. The focus isn't on me. the, The focus is on Jesus. That whatever we do in word or deed is done in the name of the Lord Jesus. That's exactly what he's been saying since the beginning of this letter. In chapter 1, he introduced Jesus as the head of the body, which is the church. In chapter 2, he told us that it is Jesus that holds us all together, that causes us all to grow together. And so we come into chapter 3, and the, answer, the question that's being answered here is, what does that look like when it's lived out in those most intimate relationships? What does that look like when you and I are connected to Jesus and connected to each other? Well, here's what it looks like in verses 18 through 21 or 22. Here's what it looks like for wives. Here's what it looks like for husbands. Here's what it looks like for kids. Here's what it looks like for fathers. Here's what it looks like for bond servants. Wives, you do this by submitting to your husbands. And Some of you don't like that, I know. and I don't like saying it. And I know some of you are like, you know, Brad, every week you pull out something from the Greek and you find a loophole for us. So we need a loophole here, Brad. Show us what Paul's really saying. He doesn't really mean that. There's no loophole here. But what you need to remember is it's not about him. It's about him. Submit to your husbands as is fitting to the Lord. Children, obey your parents in everything because it pleases God the Lord. It makes him happy. And then he talks about bond servants. Some of your Bibles actually say slaves, and we don't like that when we read that. Please, please always remember when you read about slavery in the New Testament times in those days, this was not a racial thing. There was not a, it was not like it was in recent history. This was not a racial thing. Anyone could become a slave. All you had to do was lose a war <laughs> and you'd be a slave. All you had to do was lose your fortune And you would become a slave. You would indenture yourself to someone else. That's all it took. And so he says, obey your earthly masters. How? With sincerity of heart and with reverence for the Lord. And then he says, masters, provide for your slaves because you have a master in heaven. Everything he tells us to do for each other points back to the Lord. It points back to Christ. Did you notice that? Everything points back. Except for two. It's only two things that he mentions here that we're to do for other people that that does not point back to the Lord. Verses 19 and 21. Verse 19, he says, Husbands, love your wives and do not be harsh with them. Doesn't mention the Lord at all in that verse. Verse 21, he says, Fathers, do not provoke your children lest they become discouraged. And again, he doesn't mention the Lord at all in that verse. I wonder why. Here's my suspicion. Because in in God's plan, husbands are to be the head of the family, just as Christ is the head of the church. And it's almost like Jesus is saying through Paul here, guys, you know what I go through. (laughs) You know what I have to put up with for the church? Don't make it harder on me. And don't make it any harder on them. And and, And ladies and kids, I want you to hear this. In these, these commands that are here, He is harsher with the husbands and the fathers than He is with the wives and the children. He is harsher with the husbands and the fathers. If you were to read this correctly, He gives them a very stern warning. And what He says actually is, Husbands, don't you dare be harsh with your wives. That's the way it's worded. Don't you dare be harsh with your wives. And fathers, don't you dare provoke your children. We've got responsibilities here to each other. Responsibilities that go beyond family obligations or even business obligations. We've got responsibilities to show Christ to each other in our attitudes, in our actions, the way we care for each other, the way we respect each other, the way we submit to each other. It's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Christ. And you see what happens is Our responsibilities to each other, they draw us all closer to Christ. Two weeks ago, we looked at that list of stuff that we are to put to death and and to take off. You remember back in chapter 3, verse 5, put to death, therefore, whatever is earthly in you, sexual immorality, impurity, passions, evil desires, and covetousness. Verse 8 says, but now you must put them all away, anger, wrath, malice, slander, obscene talk from your mouth, and do not lie to one another he tells us to put that stuff off to kill it to get rid of it all that stuff were to we're to take off and instead we are to clothe ourselves with Christ last week he said put on kindness and compassion and humility and patience he put on the character of Christ those things that we do for ourselves should draw us closer to Christ but here it's a reminder that the way we love each other, the way we serve each other, the way we encourage each other, should, should all draw us closer to Christ. You see, when I, when I love my wife, it's more than just me. It is I am demonstrating the, the love of Christ to her. When I encourage my children, it's a reminder that they have a Heavenly Father that encourages them more. And wives, when you submit, you're showing us what it looks like for us to submit Christ. So at the same time that I'm demonstrating the life of Christ in me, you're demonstrating the life of Christ in you, and as we all come together, we all grow closer to Him. It's, it's pretty amazing when you see the advice that he gives to slaves and masters. And, and by the way, back in those days, most professionals were slaves. Most professionals that uh, you think of professionals today, they were slaves. Teachers were, were slaves. Those of you who are teachers are like, you bet they are, uh, you know, yeah, you know, but a teacher would be hired by a family to teach their children. They would be, they would be indentured to that family. Doctors were slaves in those days. Craftsmen were, were slaves. A lot of professions were actually slaves because they were indentured or employed by a particular family. And Paul says, obey your earthly masters in everything. Why? He says in verse 24, because you are serving the Lord Christ. That makes it a lot easier to endure. And it makes it a lot easier for us to see Christ in each other. I do want you to notice though, there's something very important here. There is mutuality to Paul's advice. He is addressing Christian slaves. And he is addressing Christian masters. He is addressing... Christian wives, and he is addressing Christian husbands, Christian fathers, Christian children. He's addressing those of us who are spiritually related that we should show Christ to each other. And so every now and then the question comes up, what if, what if my boss wants me to do something that's against my faith? What if my boss wants me to lie? Or what if my boss wants me to make a deal and, and cheat somebody? And, and those kind of issues do come up. Sometimes that issue comes up in marriage relationships. You know, what if, what if my spouse wants me to do something? Or what if my parents want me to do something that, that's against my faith? That, that's, those aren't what's being addressed here. Those are not part of the everything that he is talking about. Instead, that everything I'm doing to you for you points you to Christ and everything you're doing for me points me to Christ. And there's one thing that we learn about our responsibilities to each other here, and that is by serving one another through Christ, we prove our equality in Christ. I mentioned this earlier. You know, this, this isn't about rights, rights are about what I have over you or, or what we have over the system. You know, we, we declared our, our independence from the British years ago, and you remember the rights that we declared uh, the inalienable rights of life, liberty, and the pursuit. Of happiness, the British were holding us back from those God-given rights, and so we declared them. This isn't about rights; this is about responsibilities. They are reciprocal. What can I do for you? What can you do for me? What can we do together? There are those, there are those who look at the church, and we've got to admit: historically, we've made some mistakes. Historically, we've made some big mistakes, but. to those who cry out that the Bible promotes slavery or inequality to women or racism, they really need to look at what's being said in these verses. Especially, they need to be looking at what he says in verse 25. For the wrongdoer will be paid back for the wrong he has done. There is no partiality. And When we are all serving Christ, when we are all pointing each other to Christ, we experience that equality in Christ. And really, a lot of it builds on what we saw way back in verse 11 of chapter 3. Here, here, there is neither Jew nor Greek, circumcised and uncircumcised, barbarians, Scythians, slave, free, but Christ is all and is in all. We have different roles. Roles of husband and wife and roles of father and mother, child, employee, employer. We have different backgrounds. We have different cultural identities Nowhere is He calling us to lay all of those down and pretend that we're all the same, but instead to realize that as part of the body of Christ, we are all working for one head, and one reward is ahead of us all. One goal is one home in heaven. I think about that video. I think about the people with their signs. I think about the times that I've been hurting. And I thought, you know, no one, no one seems to notice. You know, no, may, no one really seems to care. And to me, the times that I've been hurting, it seemed pretty obvious. You know, I wasn't carrying a sign, but it sure seemed pretty obvious to me. I am not fine. <laughs> and yet, a lot of times, other people don't see it. I think about the times that I, I don't see the sign, in, in others, someone's hurting, and I just haven't seen it, and so many times someone's hurting and none of us have seen the signs. What Jesus calls us to is to treat each other with the same love and the same forgiveness that that they've shown us. To to treat each other with the same love and forgiveness that He has shown us. And to offer ourselves to each other. And We may never really understand what that other person's need is. There's a lot of times we're all going to miss the signs, and there's a lot of times when we're just never going to know what the need in that other person's heart is, but that's not really the point here. The point is that through our actions, through the way that we love them, that they can see Christ in us. And if they see Christ in us, He already knows their need, and then they can know His love. It's as simple as that. Let's stand together and pray. Father, we confess, we we don't always see the signs in each other. There are times when we are blinded to the needs of our friends and neighbors. There are times when we don't see it, even in those closest to us. But Lord, even in those times when we can't see each other's needs, let us see Jesus in each other. Let our lives display the life and love and compassion of your Son in such a way that the hurting will know that there is a God who is there for them. And let them see your character and the way we respect each other and the way we work together. And in those most important relationships and those most intimate relationships in our lives, let us never forget that you are our focus. Help us to hold you in that place so that our lives together become a testimony of your presence in our world. Thank you for loving us and using us. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Go in peace.